What up, my marketing people? Welcome back to another episode of the Mind Your Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Shelton. Today's episode is brought to you by Cave Social. Cave Social is a marketing agency based out of Los Angeles that can help you grow your social media accounts online and drive sales to your business through social media advertising. So if you want to grow your accounts or just grow your bottom line, head over to cavesocial.com and hit that contact us. Cool. Today, we're sitting with Phil Stover. He is the CEO and co-founder of pvp.com, which is an, a community for gamers. Think about it like a LinkedIn for gaming. We have a good conversation. The conversation runs about 20 minutes, really looking into how to build a community, how they've gone and built a community, also learn from their community, and where Phil sees gaming going. Touch a little bit on the celebrity of gaming, but in the celebrities of gaming, but really, really interesting conversation. If you're a gamer at all, stick around. I think you'll enjoy this episode. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the show. Today, I'm sitting with Phil Stover. He currently runs pvp.com, a social community connecting competitive gamers. Uh, he's the co-founder and CEO. Phil, welcome to the show. Hey, Jordan. Thanks for having me. So tell me a little bit more, man. Tell me your story. You know, really from when you entered the workforce, quote unquote, to where you're at now and what PVP is all about. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, my story actually goes back a little way. I have a, a mix of experience in my career. I've been both an entrepreneur and also spent time in corporate America. So the first part of my career, about the first 10 years, was spent with, you know, two companies, a mix of marketing and sales jobs, Fortune 500 companies with the MBA mixed in between before I kind of got too restless and jumped into the world of entrepreneurship. I did that in 2016. Um, the story for PVP actually goes back a few years before that too, to a venture company that I founded called Blue Skies Ventures, which is still in effect. And it's a venture studio. Uh, we invest in early stage startups and we actually help build and develop early stage technology and MVPs. And PVP was one of those projects that we're building. So we actually iterated on this concept that we landed on going all the way back to 2018. The initial concept was something completely different. We spent some time working on the idea. And ultimately we landed on, before we ever stood up the company, PVP International, we landed on the concept of the LinkedIn for gaming. And we fell in love with it. Austin Stouffer, my co-founder and I uh, had, had kind of built the idea. And then in a venture studio, you end up having to make a choice at some point, which is, okay, who's going to run this thing? Or are you going to run it? And we fell in love with the idea. And we said, you know what, let's go for it. So we hired a CTO and we, we raised a little bit of money and we stood up pvp.com in January of 2019. Unreal. How has that ride been diving into that, you know, full time? I mean, I'm sure it's exciting, but what are some of the early learnings, you know, from a year and a half or so being involved in that? Yeah, for sure. It, it has been a good ride. There's a, like every startup, we have our own ups and downs and challenges. You know, we did a good amount of research before we ever launched uh, or started building our MVP. But what happens when you build technology is you don't know for sure what's going to happen until you get it in the hands of users. And it takes you a long time to actually do that. So it took us about six months to have an MVP that we were even ready to show. Like any tech that you build, when you look back on it a year later, you're kind of embarrassed with, with what your first version looks like. But that's the way it goes. And you have to just put it out there. So that's what we did. Um, we launched the MVP version of PVP, which was only a web-based version. So we started on the web, which is in today's world of mobile apps, kind of going against the grain. 
But we had a number of reasons for doing it. Number one being, we really wanted to test the concept and get it right um, before we really went out to the masses. So we spent over a year actually in beta. And we've been testing and learning on the web. Uh, we've spent a tremendous amount of time actually surveying and listening to our users. So we would, you know, for the past 12 months, we've, we've surveyed users, we've listened to them, we've built features, tested features, and then changed them as we went. So where we landed really has been, it's a culmination of the initial idea, the initial concept, where we directionally thought we would go, and then really being tuned into our initial core set of users. And where you're at today, so you get through testing, you put it out, you get the core users. Talk to me about building that, you know, initial community. How did you go about getting that first, the zero to one, so to speak, that first user in and part of PVP? Yeah, the zero to one is, you know, we always felt like the first, like the the primary value that we would be able to deliver was if you're a gamer, is having a more professional place online, a digital space where you can have a profile and really represent who you are as a gamer. Um, So that was really the first thing. And then the second thing was we knew then by doing that, we would be able to create connection and create community between gamers because they would be able to branch out of their individual networks and find other gamers that they might be looking to add to their team or join a squad or whatever. And, and that's actually really important because that's the primary problem that we're solving. The primary problem that we solve is that in today's world, if you want to be a streamer or you're thinking about having a professional career or just you're a competitive gamer, it's really hard to actually find the right people to play with. And more times than not, it's not available in your local network. So um, that's really the problem we solve is enabling gamers to find that right fit for their team or that right way to improve. And the initial hook that really worked for us, and we learned this through our initial surveys of users, was they really wanted to have a place to showcase their game stats. And so a big part of our MVP was actually connecting game stats for some of the most popular games in the world. We have League of Legends, Apex Legends, Fortnite, CSGO, and PUBG where we have live, live game stats for anybody in the world. So our first core set users, which was about 10,000 or so to join the platform in the first few months, really resonated with that. And that became the first thing that people were really excited about. Now, from there, we had a lot of work to do. It was kind of funny to watch. Like Once we got some of these initial users in there, we all started looking around and we were excited. We're like, okay, these guys need something to do. You can't just have a profile page. So that then began the process of, okay, let's iterate and let's build. Unreal. And then from building from there, so getting the users in, it's interesting, you know, you, you take something or you hear from the customers, hey, we want this one feature becomes almost the champion feature, right? The game stats coming in. And now does it also offer opportunities, I mean, for gamers or to connect with sponsors or is there other utility outside of it? Or is it still in that gamer to gamer connection that is the primary focus? Yeah, you know, the primary focus to be totally honest, is that we're a social community for gamers. So while there are many, many like concepts, like the one that you mentioned, you know, potentially connecting to sponsors, that's an idea we've played with. It's not something we're doing right now. The real purpose of what we do is we're an online social community for gamers. So what became the core feature actually um, was not game stats. While that was the initial, that was the first thing that we launched that was exciting to people. What evolved as we got people on the platform was that you know, our newsfeed, we, we basically put together a newsfeed that became super, super active. Uh, and why that was important is that actually started facilitating the interaction amongst a lot of these users that otherwise ordinarily, you know, would never have connected. So in our newsfeed, you'll now see, you know, a handful of, of different themes of posts, but a lot of it has to do with, hey, I'm looking to play, you know, Fortnite later, who can play, you know, looking to play squads or duos, you know, who can play? I'm str- My stream is live, please come follow me. So it's a lot of this 
type of stuff that's just very, very gamer specific, but it's very, very relevant for our community. Very cool. And when you're in that and building that community now, it's it's up and running. Talk to me, I guess, about some of the user acquisition strategies that you're using, you know, to, to, to really scale up the platform and get more gamers on. It's a great question. You know, our strategy up to this point, we've largely been focused on Facebook and Instagram in terms of uh, user acquisition. We need to branch out beyond that. So just for a little bit of context, we uh, we just recently, this is a, a great time for this interview. Uh, we, as I said, we were testing for about a year. We didn't even begin to build a mobile application until February of this year. And we just released our applications in iOS and and in the Google Play Store. In the beginning of May, we also limited those to a couple of thousand users for a couple of months while we made sure that they were working as planned. And then uh, just this week on Monday, they each went live um, to the public so that now anyone in the world actually can come in and sign up and download and create an account. So we're in a phase where we lit- we have just been very focused on you know that one channel of Facebook and Instagram. Now, as we go forward, we're working on the number one thing that we see potential in is uh, referrals. So we're really focused on how do we create such an engaging experience that it's easy for uh, people to refer their friends or bring in their Twitch users or what have you. Right. And and that uh, would be such a huge, I mean, growth platform if you're looking at referrals or how do you incentivize people to grow the community for you, right? To some extent. Very, very cool. Now, you launched the mobile app on both Android and iOS. Now, talk to me about what's next for you guys. Is there any marketing campaigns around that? Are you increasing you know, visibility on platforms like Instagram and Facebook? Because we know that more and more people are at home and like quarantine, I'm assuming, has led to more gaming. I would, t- uh, at least for myself, it has. So talk to me about you know what's next from a... If there's anything that's in particular with, you know, getting a campaign surrounded really around those mobile apps, or is it just putting it out to the world and getting the first couple people to use it uh, and seeing and iterating from there? Yeah, a couple of things. So we do have a number of campaigns running. So first of all, we um, we're scaling up a lot of what we one thing that we got really good at during the last 12 months is actually acquiring users with specific messaging and specific value propositions that are relevant to what we do. So that's actually been a really a very good learning for us. The benefit of that is we're actually able to benchmark any other marketing initiative we do very, very effectively because we really know what our customer acquisition cost is. So any dollar that we spend outside of what we're currently doing has to make sense or there has to be a path to having it you know, generate similar type of user acquisition. So we've been very, very focused on that. We, we actually have spent a good amount of time um, considering some influencer marketing. And, and that's a good example of something where we we see a lot of potential, but actually haven't um, found exactly the, the right path for us just yet. But in terms of our apps, yes, we're marketing heavily to both the Google Play Store and the apps. And the other thing I'll say is we have, uh, so there's about 100,000 registered users on the platform. Uh, like I said, when we, when we initially launched the apps, we only invited a few thousand users. And those were our really core dedicated users that we wanted to help us test it. Now we're actually going back and inviting those 100,000 users to also download the app because up to this point, they've only had the web. So that's actually a full, it's a full existing user acquisition channel that we're activating this month as we speak. The funny thing too that I'll, I'll mention that you brought up is actually the, uh, yeah, the pandemic and COVID. We saw a spike in user activity. And, and obviously gaming in general around the, you know, around April, we look sure. back and think, man, if we had been able to get the apps out, like that would have been our light, lightning in a bottle scenario, right? When everybody starts playing more in, in the end though, you have to be, what we really learned is like, we weren't ready yet. 
we just weren't ready yet. It would have been a mistake to do it. And so we've been, you know, we've been patient and that was the right decision to just take our time, know what we're doing and then be ready to release. Yeah. And I think that's a, a powerful lesson for the listeners too, right? Is not to push something out that's not ready. And I don't want to dissuade people from ever publishing their app because, or a piece of art or anything, because, but getting to that minimum viable product and getting to a place where you guys already had the platform going online. So you knew what you needed to do when it comes to mobile and you can't push production up eight weeks just by snapping, snapping your fingers. I wish we could, but um, yeah, exactly. Now you've, you got this community, right? What is something personally? Well, one, are, are you a gamer yourself? Yeah. So I, I have a long history with it. The truth of the matter is I go all the way back to regular Nintendo and playing like eight hours a day as a kid. So that's my history with it. You know, now I try to dabble in Apex, although I'm not very good at it. And I'm, I'm my my uh, goal for the back half of 2020 is actually to play a little bit more. My challenge is actually finding the time to do it with my schedule and everything we do at pvp.com. But the, the great thing about our team is we're all gamers. Some people play. In fact, we have a stream. We have one of our senior leadership team members who's our head of influencer strategy, who is a pretty well-known streamer on Twitch and plays a lot of Apex Legends over in Europe. And then Austin Stowe, her name's Marcella DeBee. And then Austin Stouffer, he actually has a personality on the PvP platform, which is at Gamer. And uh, he plays, plays a lot of World of Warcraft. And he's sort of the, for the social media history buffs out there, he's kind of our Tom from MySpace. He interacts a lot with the community and makes announcements and stuff like that. So we always try to keep, you know, kind of the, like, let's, let's try to look at this from the gamer perspective into what we're building. I think that's so huge. Uh, it reminds me of Clay Mathiel, who was the uh, CEO of IAM's Pet Food. But when he came in to IAMS, I think they were doing a couple million in sales and he ramped them to over a billion. But he came in and realized that like a bunch of the staff didn't like animals and didn't have animals, didn't have pets. Mm. And he went through and said, okay, we have to have a company that where people actually, if you're going to sell pet food, you better like your having like pets. So making those changes, you know, to their organization, obviously you get people who understand and can believe believe in the product and really speak the language of the community. So it sounds like, you know, you guys have hit the nail on the head when it comes to that. What has the, you know, being part of that community and what has the community taught you? You know, like when I look at gaming, it's obviously at a hockey stick growth right now, just gaming in general. What has that the community on PvP really taught you that you take away and then maybe implement in other aspects of, of life? Mm, that's a great question. I'll tell you what we really notice. The average age of our user right now is about 21. Although we have users, you know, actually all the way up in their 50s, and there's a good segment of working professionals in their 30s that are also on the platform. So this is not to say that this is all for like college kids and stuff like that, but that is the average age. And so what we see a lot is people, what we're seeing is, is younger people thinking about what they want to do. And, you know, different from when, when I was their age, most of them want to be streamers now. And so we really are like building the platform in this concept of what does it mean to be a professional? That's, we're seeing that evolve, right? If you were to ask me like, hey, how many of the people in the community want like a marketing associate job at Blizzard Games or do they want to be a streamer? They want to be a streamer. I think, you know, that's, that's I think a trend that we have to pay attention to. And we're also seeing it broader, I think to answer your question in the creator community and the independent contractor community, all those things are going to grow. I believe is, you know, in, in future years, even more than they are now. Yeah. It's, it's a real cool thing to watch from, you know, from the sidelines. Like I, I play, I, I play call of duty and I, I enjoy it, but my brother, my brother, it was about 12, 13 years ago. I remember he was very into 
League of Legends, and it was he got an offer to go to Korea to be part of it, some team. But my, you know, at that time he was like seventeen, and my parents are like, "No way, you're not going to Korea. We're not paying for this ticket." Where I feel like if that were to happen in today's climate, you know, it, it would have been a, a much different story and different reaction from my parents. So I, I, and that leads me to the next question: Is how do you think the overall world entertainment industry at whole is really gravitating and latching on to gamers and streamers, you know, as athletes, when you see things like endorsements of people like Ninja, for instance, do you see that trend just getting bigger and bigger? Do you feel like we're at a tipping point? Where do you feel like that's at with them being celebrity, so to speak? I I really do. I see it getting bigger and bigger. Um, You know, Twitch is no secret, but pretty much give me a big brand and they've all already piled in to gaming and esports simply because of the number of eyeballs. There's a incredible stat out there, which is the number of eyeballs on gaming right now is larger than the global box office, which means basically there's more people watching gaming than people going to movies, you know, excluding the shutdown, obviously. But it's just an incredible, you can't ignore that. And so now the secret is out in terms of the number of eyeballs. I think what will happen is that we'll continue to optimize. That's actually where we see a lot of the potential for our platform. While you can sponsor Twitch streamers, while you can sponsor gamers, actually drilling deeper into their audience is still an opportunity because you can create that awareness, but actually getting more and more targeted within those audiences is where I actually believe the, the opportunity for PVP lies. So yes, I, can, I think it will continue to evolve. It's still a very raw, in my opinion, developing industry. Yeah, it's it's fascinating and something that I'll definitely uh, I'm definitely just going to be on the you know looking out for and watching because it's not only part of the media landscape but shaping it to a large extent and I think quarantine took that into hyperdrive for a lot of people uh, especially that working professional segment that's now at home that I'm sure has has been an uptick on the on the platform. Cool. Well, Phil, thanks for coming on, man. And before I let you go, tell people where they can learn more about PVP and connect with you online. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, our website, it's pretty easy to remember, www.pvp.com. Um, we've also got links to the, uh, the apps and uh, and both of the app stores uh, on the website. You can also create an account on the web. You can find me on link on uh, LinkedIn or anywhere else. Actually, online LinkedIn is phil, linkedin.com, philstover01. You can also go to my website, which is philstover.com. Awesome. You guys got it. You got the uh, the links. I will put links to the website in the show notes as well. So if you're on your podcast app, just click that show notes link and you can connect with Phil and download PVP. Phil, thanks again for coming on the show. Jordan, this is awesome. Thanks for having me. All right, guys, that's it for this episode. Please hit like, share, subscribe, all that good stuff at the bottom of your podcast app, and I'll catch you next time. Oh.